when people are talking about, you know, they're, sometimes my wife or my husband or my mother just seems normal. As well, the baseline in dementia is where you are having your most trouble. That's the base. There will be some fluctuation, but that doesn't mean there's improvement. Mm -hmm. It's only going to decline, and the, the base is where the decline is. That, that's, that's where you are, and it'll go down. Hey guys, it's Matt Hilton with One Trust Home Loans, and you found the Serving Senior Podcast. And this is the podcast where we highlight those professionals and individuals that serve seniors at a high level to help seniors not just survive retirement, but thrive in retirement. And we're bringing back one of our favorite guests, Ms. Cheryl Blanchard of Alzheimer's of Tennessee. And she has one of her favorite people on today to share some wisdom and insight with you on how to serve seniors. Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Matt. Good to see you again. Good to see you, Cheryl. I believe you are our first returning guest to our podcast. Well, I'm honored. That's outstanding. Yes. Honestly, I know it's not about me. It's all about Larry. So I'm going to take up very little time so we can get to the reason that we're really here today. But thank you for having us back. Yeah. Well, you're so welcome. Please, Cheryl, uh, introduce us to Larry, if you could. Absolutely. So, um, you know, Matt, we held a, a caring and coping workshop a while back, and I'm always looking for great presenters. So uh, prior to that, several months ago, I was visiting with one of our support groups, and, and I met Larry Dodson. And Larry was just very open about the years that he spent caring for his wife. And one of the things that stood out to me was just how incredibly selfless and creative he was. He would, he would share a story with the other caregivers and I would just go, wow, everybody needs to hear that because he uh, recognized very early on that it, it was all about Marianne and, uh, and he was going to do what he needed to do for her, even if it meant that it was going to be maybe a little more difficult or more, um, I'll use the word painful because feelings get hurt easily with this disease. It was going to be more difficult for him. And I, I was just so inspired by his story that I invited him to be a speaker at Caring and Coping. We had about 85 people there, I think. It was a wonderful day. And then you and I talked again. I said, wow, we can reach even more people with this if we invite Larry on the podcast. So thank you so much for having us back. Uh, at Caring and Coping, he actually talked about creative caregiving and self-care. And I'm going to turn it over to you guys because uh, you're in for a treat, Matt. And Larry, thank you so much for joining us again. It's great to see you. Absolutely. Hmm, that's awesome. Thank you, Cheryl. Larry, thanks for being here and, and donating some time with us today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Well, I've I've heard great things about you. Maybe if you could just take us back and a little background where you're from and maybe about your uh your spouse and then how you got into caring for your wife and, and maybe just some of the strategies that you use would be great. Sure. Well, I grew up in Franklin, Tennessee. Okay. I was a retired from a career in federal law enforcement in 2006. Okay. And I returned to a contract position in Brentwood uh, uh, right after I retired and worked, did that for 10 years. And um, probably about 2013, I noticed I just one day I just said, something's not right with mm. Marianne, just some of the things she was saying and things that were ha happening. So I talked to our primary care doctor and he takes us through some tests and refers us to a neurologist and we start some medications and and eventually in in march of 2015 uh, marianne went for her first assessment at vanderbilt bill wilkerson center 
she was diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment, mm -hmm. which I learned later is stage three uh, dementia. Okay. And, and so we continued on some of the medications that the neurologist had prescribed. And, and during that time, though, I was making a lot of notes and wanted to ask questions and went to the neurologist. But I learned later in the process, it's really two patients, me and my wife. And so we were talking and getting medication, but we weren't getting the education and the support and the continuing follow-up of treating the disease the way I know it needs to be treated now through a, a neuropathologist, Dr. Hutchins, that I met later. And uh, so that's the real, because you got to treat the disease. The medication just slows it. It's not treating. It's treating right. is to help the caregiver understand. Mm -hmm. And so he can, so I could, and people in my position can help their loved one that has dementia. So when we got back, uh, so we go back for another assessment in January, 2017. At that time, uh, Marianne is diagnosed uh, with cortical dementia, consistent with a history of anxiety disorder. And that's a mouthful. Wow. So I asked the doctor, a neurologist, what does that mean? And he said she has Alzheimer's disease. Mm. And so I probably got the worst advice from a doctor I ever got. I said, what should I do? And he said, go home and watch old movies. Oh, so mm. that's not the kind of advice you need. Mm. But we, we were about to start a journey that I'd never taken. So mm. I, I needed to study the map, know where to stop along the way, know where the problems were. And so... That's what I decided to do is to learn. And thank goodness when I finally found Dr. Hutchins um, that I was able to better do that. That's great. So, Lara, I had a qu quick question for you. What was, uh, what was maybe share with us, what was Marianne like, you know, as you guys oh. were together over the years? And then what did you see change that, that kind of caused you that you should go to the doctor and, and start asking questions? She's very outgoing, very social. Um, she had did have anxiety. She took medication for that for years. Okay. And uh, she had stopped working uh, when we moved here and was retired. But uh, I just noticed she was having, she may have ordered something. Uh, she would shop on TV. And then the next day she would say, well, I didn't order that. And it came. Or she'd say oh, something would happen with her bank account. Say, something, you know, I didn't make that payment. I mean, I, that's not a charge I did. And I, I know she was, or, or she would she would be at the grocery store. She'd call me and, would, and say, well, I've got all these groceries and I don't know how to pay. How can I pay? So that tells you right there that, you know, those are, are real keys to know that that's not normal. Right. And uh, so those were some of the early signs. And, and what I did too is I, I took the, the 10 early warning signs of Alzheimer's. So I, I went through all of those and made notes about what I was noticing uh, that was happening during that time. And that kind of helped me to kind of have a baseline as Dr. Hutchins would say. So when you look at, I've learned even, I was at a support group with them last night. And uh, when people are talking about, you know, that sometimes my wife or my husband or my mother just seems normal. As well, the baseline in dementia is where you are having your most trouble. That's the base. There will be some fluctuation, but that doesn't mean there's improvement. Mm -hmm. It's only going to decline, and the, the base is where the decline is. That, that's, that, that's where you are, and it'll go down. Yeah. Also, 
one thing about this disease when it talks about the progression of the disease well progression is progress that sounds positive to me there's nothing positive about this the disease is progressing but that's a negative yeah the person with the disease is declining so and that's something that I always wanted to remember too. So I, I learned my job was to help her solve her problems and reduce her anxiety. And what a great job he did. If I can just interject there, Matt, I told you you were in for a treat. Larry can awesome. just speak so eloquently and, and put into words something from a personal perspective, you know, that we at Alzheimer's Tennessee try to share in a in a professional role. But I love what he just said. I think there are fluctuations, but there's no improvement. And I think for family caregivers, uh, one of the things that I hear in his story that I often don't hear with families is them noticing that uh, it's so easy to just think, oh, well, they're just getting older. Oh, they're just being forgetful. Oh, this or that. And so and there are some normal changes as we age, but memory loss really is not normal. What he began to describe were the early hallmarks for Alzheimer's disease. Of course, that's not the only thing that causes dementia. But with Alzheimer's disease, it definitely we do start seeing the short term memory difficulty with word finding and difficulty doing everyday tasks. And he just described, I was noticing this and this and this. So those are great, um, great things to watch out for. Mm -hmm. And uh, we certainly can uh, help families be educated on those kinds of things to watch out for as well. I did want to note though, that um, the other things that cause dementia don't always start with short-term memory loss. So that can be very confusing for families as well. They're noticing other things. It's a it's a type of dementia. It just may not be Alzheimer's disease, but those were definitely the things Larry was noticing. Absolutely what we would tell families to be on the lookout for. Wow, great points. Great points. Well, let me interject something about that. When I talk about the journey, well, there's multiple journeys and and the, the destination is what you really need to know early on. So you must know what kind of dementia you have. Because that helps to, because that way you know which route you're going to take to get to the, to the final end and the things you may need to do along the way. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Hutchins talked about that last night. So because uh, it's Alzheimer's, vascular dementia and Lewy body and some of the others, they, they, are, they are different. And mm -hmm. so you'll have, you know, different circumstances, different uh, behaviors. Uh, so it's important for the caregiver to know that, to, to know how to respond. Hmm. Yeah, great point. So, Larry, I guess not everyone has been able to navigate this the way you can. I guess, what do you attribute your ability to uh, learn about this? And what do you attribute your ability to take such good care of your wife? Well, first, I love her. Hmm. And... Uh, well, I get, I was an investigator for so long. I just investigated, hmm. made a lot of notes. And, uh, and I guess I, what I read and I, 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 I learned from what I read and I, I knew that, uh, and when, particularly there's some of the, uh, the do's and don'ts, you know, one don't argue, you know, reassure. And, and there's, and so I, I followed that, uh, I know I, I and what Cheryl mentioned some earlier is I do see in some in the support groups I'm with it's hard for people to to admit or to accept it's not about them. Mm. Got I had to put Marianne first. But some people would get upset if they didn't recognize them or if they say something that's not true. Well, don't you remember? Well, no, they don't remember. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and that just increases the anxiety so it was better for me to reduce her anxiety because that was you know because if she's anxious 
that I'm having a hard having a harder time. So when I I really you know it's important too to know you got to know that person's life story. So I wrote all this long story about her and for things. So I did have caregivers in the home later on to help out. So it's important that you know about that. So that helps you to try to respond appropriately when they might say, and like if certain people in their life, if they have passed away, they need to know that because if they ask about it, you don't want to say, well, don't you know they died? Hmm. And they might say, oh, no, you didn't tell me or and start crying or, or we need to go to the funeral or see what, you know, that's, that's worse than saying, well, we haven't seen him in a while. We'll probably go see him in a week or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, the wisdom that, that Larry had as a caregiver, just, I, I just, every time I hear you talk, I just am more in awe. So I want to go back and address something that he said, you know, it's not, it's about them. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes, and Larry, I'm going to ask you to tell a story here in a minute, but sometimes the the responses we have to our loved ones with Alzheimer's accidentally do make things worse because it does increase the anxiety. And I love the example of them saying they talk to a deceased loved one. And in our, our, we think it's best for mom to know that her brother died. Of course we need to, she needs to know, we need to tell her the truth and people get very concerned about lying, but it's never a lie to step into their reality. And in the case of reminding them, they won't remember because of the the memory loss, but reminding them about someone that has died, you know, Larry made a great point. Well, now they're going to grieve all over again, or they're going to be angry that you didn't tell them. So I love his answer to the question of what is the purpose in what you're going to do to provide care for this person. His purpose always was to relieve her anxiety and keep her as, as calm and comfortable as possible, which often meant it really wasn't about him. Larry, one of my favorite stories you share in, in the pictures that you have when you talk to people are the pictures of, of Stan and Marianne. And I know as a spouse, it is very hard to, to hear your wife either thinking they're not married to you anymore, not knowing who you are, or thinking they're supposed to be with somebody else. You did an incredible job handling that situation. Would you share that with everyone, please? Well, I, I, Marianne... Uh, I'm her second husband. She was married to a, a fellow that uh, they divorced after several years, but she knew in high school. But before they married, she had another boyfriend that in my conversations and knowing her over the years, I knew this was really her high school true love. But he he had a football scholarship and off to Georgia Tech. And sometime shortly after they finished school, he was killed in a car wreck. So one day, Barry Ann looks at me and says, well, I think Stan and friends came by. They must have left. I need to go find them. She heads out the front door to start walking, looking for them. So I go walking with her, and, and we we finally get back home, and, and I say, talking about going to lunch, she says, well, I can't leave. Stan might come back. I said, let's leave him a note. So I got a big piece of cardboard. We wrote him a note, put it on the front porch, went, I wrote on there and then she she said, give me that. And so she wrote another note, you know, please call me. I can't wait to see you. And that satisfied her. So we were able to leave. And for probably up to a year, every day when we left, I said, well, let's put the note out for Stan in case he comes back, comes by. You know? And I got her high school annual out and I made, I 
found their senior pictures and I took a picture of that and made a five by seven of each of them, put in a frame and put it in the house. And she'd walk by and smile and touch pictures and made her happy. So I solved her problem and she had no anxiety. Wow. What an amazing story, Larry. That's, I think it goes back to what Cheryl said about, it's not about you. It's about relieving their anxiety. So that just shows how much you did love her because you put her above yourself. Cause I know that wasn't easy. What a great story. Yeah. One of the things that I say when I'm teaching and, and Larry, you may have heard me say this before in support groups is if I had a whiteboard, I would write the word feelings and then draw a line and then facts. And it means feelings over facts. Respond to their feeling, not the facts. And unfortunately, what we often do, because again, we think it's the right thing to do is pull out uh, Larry and Marianne's wedding pictures. No, no, no. I'm your husband. I'm Larry. We've been married this many years and this is our home. And look, here's our wedding certificate. And here's our wedding picture. And again, that's me. I need my spouse to know who I am. I need my spouse to recognize me. She wasn't worried about that. She was worried about this guy dropping by and her not being there. Larry just intuitively knew. I need to address this anxiety she's feeling about him not being here. And when he did that, she could let go of it. So instead of making it worse and creating anxiety, he was able to alleviate that anxiety, which made it easier for her to let go. And they were able to go about and do whatever it was they were doing. Not an easy task for your wife to be talking about another guy coming by. Definitely not. But the way that he knew what he needed to do, what was best for her, not necessarily what was best for him in that moment, is is, is one of the reasons he's here. Well, as it turns out, it was best for me because yeah, she's less anxious. It's best for me. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, uh, not only is she thinking, you know, remembering that past, she thinks she's that age, mm-hmm. and I I know that because we had a downstairs our master was downstairs and had a king size bed and there for uh, it came to a point where i couldn't get her to come to bed because she says i can't be sleeping daddy i'm the old guy in the house she's young mm-hmm. so for about a year we slept in twin beds upstairs mm-hmm. Now, Larry, that reminds me of another story uh, about her thinking she was younger and that uh, she could do things that she could no longer do. So would you uh, would you <laughs> would you share the, the story about the uh, doctor and how you handled that? Because that, that was just a great one as well. Uh, we lived in Birmingham back in the mid 80s to 90s, and she had a gynecologist who had cancer. And back when we were living there, he called all his patients and tell them about his Dr. James Lyle. So we're sitting in the house one day. And so this is 20 something years later. She's saying, well, I talked to Dr. Lyle and he said I could have more babies. So I need the number for the hospital. I remember vividly it was on a Sunday. So I happened to have a, an old phone book, Franklin phone book. And I looked up and I said, gave her the number for Williamson Medical Center. And she, she could use her phone then and write. Later on, she couldn't use her phone, couldn't write, couldn't do anything. So she, I'm sitting there listening. She's talking to somebody at the hospital and she's writing notes and she says, we need to go here tomorrow. And when I look at her note, it was women's practice just on Carruthers Boulevard, right from near, near the hospital there. So I, I called them Monday morning and told them what was going on. And uh, of course, the lady says, well, we can't help you with that. I said, well, we're coming down there. 
And uh, so I wrote a little note to hand to the receptionist when we got there. And uh, so we get in the office, the manager and one of the doctors talks to Marianne. I mean, they're polite. They say, well, I'm sure, I'm sure Dr. Lyle with cancer was having the medicine might have uh, uh, affected uh, what he was telling you, but we can't help you with that. So we leave. And of course, Marianne is polite when we leave, but not so polite in the car. Is there a problem that hasn't been solved? She still has a problem. I'd been trying to get her to go to St. Day Clubs. That's a respite some of the churches in the area. Uh, there's three that currently have a program like that. When I told Marianne what that was for a few months, a couple of months earlier, she said, I'm not going there. I don't have dementia. So called the coordinator. I said, I need you to be the nurse. We're going to come one day. Y'all you be holding some babies and we'll see if this works to get Marianne there. So we pull, I told Marianne, we're going to go see the nurse, you know, on this certain day. And she said, all, 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 you know, that's good with her. And, and I guess back during these times, it's not like she would talk about something and forget it. This is on her mind. And uh, so when we got there, there's several people outside of the entrance and they're holding babies. The babies didn't matter. It was the, hey, everybody, how you doing? The social, you know, uh, who she was. We went to Sunny Day Club every Wednesday after that for COVID. So, I didn't know if it would work, but we tried. Man, that's awesome. That's great. That's a, that's a, a great testament, Larry, to how you took what you learned, which were kind of the facts but you still, every situation is different. You were able to apply that to her personal situation because you you knew her and you knew what she was dealing with, but you you took time to study because it was important to you. So that's a great testament to you. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Larry, maybe could you share with us any other stories you want to share, but also maybe some resources that helped you? I think you you mentioned about the, the signs of dementia, different steps you went through, those type of things. Any resources or um, resources you'd want to share with people would be great. Well, I uh, I took some Tipa Snow classes online. Uh, she has a she's a registered nurse and and she does a lot of work in the field of Alzheimer's and dementia to help train people. To, her company's positive approach to care. I was reading the article today, uh, uh, interview with Bruce Willis's wife, and and I think their that celebrity is going to bring a lot of. Uh, good information about this disease and, and about caregivers. I think his wife has the right approach and she's partnered with Tifa Snow. Uh, and so I think a lot of people will, will help be helped by that. But mm -hmm. taking those classes helped me. Uh, when I finally found Dr. Hutchins, I, I saw him speak uh, at some, some event that I was watching online and when I got into the house, but having somebody like him to educate you and to, to uh, treat the disease by, by coming back and doing evaluations to see where we are and doing staging was really helpful too. Uh, the Sunny Day Club helped me. Um, and then I, uh, I, I had, uh, I, I knew that I needed help at home. Uh, not so much because I could get away because Mary, I couldn't get away, couldn't leave too much. Marion would be upset. So, but even having somebody else at house. So I used in-home care before we finally moved to memory care. I used comfort keepers in, in Brentwood, and uh, they were really helpful. Fortunately, at the time, I, I could, uh, they had somebody, so I had the same person 
And that's very important to try to have some the same person because if you try to you know learn different people, sometimes that might might cause a problem uh, for the person with dementia trying to get to know somebody uh, later in the disease. So those, you know, using those kind of resources and asking for help. I use family help too. I have a, a sister, that, two sisters that lived, and one here and, and close by, and one one really close by. So we would go and later in the disease and uh, even during COVID, we'd, I'd pick up food and we'd go over there and eat, and just the three of us, and uh, that helped too. But a routine, routine is so important, so important. So we would go to the same places to eat. We'd go on, we'd go for rides and we would play the same music every day, same DVD. She was, a, we were big fans of Johnny Cash and Don Williams. So we had some an old, some old DVDs of those and shows and that's what we would play. And that, that, you know, made her happy. And I, I don't know if it's a familiarity or I, I know Dr. Hutchins would tell us too, that the part of the brain for music stays. So that's the language of the music is the language of dementia. Mm. Absolutely. I want to go back and say one thing, Larry, Tipa Snow, uh, she's actually an occupational therapist is her background, not nurse, but so Tipa Snow, it is called Positive Approach to Care. A lot of her stuff is available on YouTube. So if anybody wants to look those up, they're fantastic. Um, Some of the other things he was talking about, the 10 absolutes, uh, any other information like that, a lot of that is available through Alzheimer's Tennessee. So folks can reach out to us for that. And then also on our website, we have a section called Caregiver Academy. And those are brief three to five minute videos that if somebody doesn't have 30 minutes to watch a whole thing, they can just hop on uh, every few minutes and and learn from that as well. So uh, if anyone wants information about any of the resources he's mentioned, I'm happy to get that to them if they reach out to us at the office. Mm, that's great. Yeah. That's, um, Larry, it sounds like you're still um, still involved with the support groups. So is that important to you to stay involved, I guess, maybe share with the audience, you know, why you feel that's important and why you're still involved. Well, I do that to honor Mary Ann. And having been on this journey, I, I want to give back to others who are early, just starting the journey. And, and, I, and I think it's helpful to, because when I go to these meetings, you have people at different places along the way. And, and particularly, even I, I was at two this week, and uh, there were, at the first one I went to, there was a lady there whose husband was in hospice, probably has two weeks left. And there was another gentleman there who's like me. His wife passed away 18 months ago that still comes back. And and quite frankly, I think it helps me stay connected to Mary Ann. It's like, you know, this I've, I've lived this so long. I'm trying to figure out what, you know, what am I going to do next? Mm. So I, uh, I want to stay involved in this and, uh, and, and that's, that's mainly why I do that. Mm, that's awesome. Well, Larry, I've, I've heard multiple people here in just the last few weeks that's mentioned the big impact you've had on them and they've had, you've had on their careers, but also their heart to show how much you cared for Marianne and how great a job you did and how you went the extra mile for. Her. So um, it sounds like you're doing a fantastic job, fantastic work, and you're going to touch a lot of people. Um, so thank you for being who you are and doing what you did. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. You're Absolutely. very welcome. And Miss um, Cheryl, we know how you know important this is to you because you're, this is your mission all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you want to share what you're doing and the um, 
game plan you have as well as the event that you're working on to try to work against the disease of Alzheimer's? Yeah, I would love to. And uh, uh, Larry and I, he's going to be joining us for that again um, in uh, April. So uh, just as a reminder for folks who didn't see the last interview, you know, Alzheimer's Tennessee, we are a statewide nonprofit serving families impacted by Alzheimer's or a related dementia. So we provide those services free of charge to families. Uh, we do set up the support groups. We do one-on-one -on -one consultations and we help get them connected to some of the, the resources like Larry mentioned, uh, the adult day programs. And we keep a list of those, the in-home care agencies he mentioned, we've got that and can really just connect people um, to those. And uh, we, since we don't charge families for anything we do, we survive on uh, fundraising, donations and events. So uh, the big event that you are very familiar with, Matt, is coming up uh, April 20th. We're having our uh, 2024 Middle Tennessee Walk at Franklin. That is a big fundraising event. We're, we're going to have a lot of fun. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of activities planned, a, a robust children's activity. We've got a great country band that some of our friends plan. We're having line dancing. Uh, Larry has agreed to join me, and we're actually going to have an, an area with information called the Caregiver Corner. So I think I'm going to get a few other caregivers to be there with him. Uh, he certainly can talk about some of the books that he had that he read and, and uh, resources will certainly have support group information out there. But uh, one big piece of that, and I, I want to make sure that all the uh, business owners or business people listening know about, is this year we're adding a really fun activity called a Brain Health Bonanza. And that's mm. sort of like a scavenger hunt. Okay. And we're going to send people all around the park at Harlan Cell Farm, uh, visiting with different vendors. And at each one, they're going to be able to pick up one more really important piece of information that can help them keep their brains healthy, hopefully lessen their risk of getting Alzheimer's disease. But even if there is a diagnosis, everything we're going to have in that activity is, is going to be something that can have a positive impact on them. So we're really excited to, to bring that to the community. It's being held in Franklin, but it's for all of Tennessee. Okay. So uh, do come on out. Um, also, uh, Larry mentioned Dr. Hutchings a number of times, and he and I have done a number of things together. Most recently, we recorded a webinar on Lewy body dementia. So uh, Larry mentioned that one as one of the other types. So if there's anybody who would like to learn more about Lewy body dementia and how it's different from Alzheimer's, we've got a brand new webinar that just got stored on our website. And that's um, www.alztennessee.org. Tennessee is spelled out. And they can go and look other um, other types of dementia. And there's a section on Lewy body. And it's actually the first thing that pops up. So always trying to just provide that information so that families and, and caregivers like Larry can get answers to their questions and know what resources are available. Mm, that's great. Well, Cheryl, you do a great well, job. Let, yeah, let me add to- Go ahead, Larry. Uh, the other support groups that Alzheimer's Tennessee sponsors are there available there. So I suggest that's a good resource to find out where one is in your area or one you might be able to attend. But those, I think those are important. Whether what you know, and most of them are held at uh, uh, facilities, memory care facilities, but some aren't. But your loved one doesn't have to be in a facility, and it's probably good to, to go to those even while your loved one's still at home. Mm -hmm. So you can uh, connect to people there and, and prepare yourself for the journey. And we also have three virtual ones because sometimes a person says, well, I'd love to go to support group, but who's going to care for my husband while I'm gone? So we have three virtual options. We meet via Zoom uh, every week. The in-person support groups are once a month. The Zoom ones are, 
or once a week and all that can be found on the website as well, or they can reach out to me at the office. Thanks, Larry. Perfect. Great point, Larry. So Larry, anything that um, we didn't ask you that we should have asked you? Anything else you'd like to share? Well, you got two or three more hours. No, <laughs> <laughs> no there's, I mean, there's a lot, you know, I always forget things, but uh, well, the only thing I can think of is that uh, I, I, it's kind of like you'll get a deer in a headlight look when it starts. It's different than a physical disease. This is so foreign to people that it's it's hard to understand, and and the 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 treatment for it requires family and caregiver participation much more, and emotional participation and, and and mental preparation more than some and a lot of physical diseases do, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great point, Cheryl. Anything you'd like to add? No, just again, Larry, thank you so much for sharing your story. You know, every time I hear it, even though I know a lot of it, I'm still just touched again. Um, I think that the key, if we could say one thing, that the way to epitomize that is, yes, it was out of his absolute love. But, you know, sometimes the things we do that we think are out of love aren't the best. And and I think Larry just had a knack for doing what was counterintuitive. You know, what we feel, what we want to do, what we think is the right thing to do is to tell them this person died, to remind them that we're their husband, to remind them all these other things. But sometimes the most loving thing to do is to learn how to operate within their world. And I know I've heard Larry say the number of times I had to step into her world. It, you know, wasn't about this world out here anymore. I had to step into her world. And I think uh, everything he shared today were glowing examples of how a family member and caregiver can do that. And it is hard. I agree with you. It's very emotional. And that's another reason why we're here. So if anybody watches this and just needs to reach out, have somebody to talk to, get some additional information, I would um, welcome an opportunity to talk with them. Oh, that's awesome. Well said. I'll add one thing. We, we talked about the five A's, uh, the various, like well, one of those is agonizing. Like when Marianne looked at me and said, where's Larry? But she couldn't recognize my face. Mm-hmm. The same way she wouldn't, if, if you look in a mirror, the person with dementia can't recognize themselves. So they might think, who is that person? You know, they're talking to the person in the mirror. That's what's happened. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that might be coming. So that when that happened, I just told her, yeah, I'm Ron, Larry's friend. He had to run an errand. He'll be right back. And fortunately, she wasn't afraid of Ron. So Ron became her friend for a while. Sometimes I was Ron. Sometimes I was Larry. Wow. And he just went with it. He he just was open to whatever was going to come his way that day. And it's such a beautiful thing, such a beautiful thing, the way that he was able to step aside, step away from his own feelings. And that wasn't easy. I mean, he laughs about it now, but it, it wasn't easy, mm-hmm. you know, to step aside as her husband and and be whoever he needed to be at that moment. But uh, mm-hmm. that's why it's such a, a beautiful example. And I wanted so much to be able to share it. Well, I know one thing for sure, Cheryl, at the walk, we're going to need to get there early and get started because this guy is sharp as a tack. If he plays that brain health bonanza, we don't have a chance to win. He's going to bring home the winnings right there for sure. Uh, Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. And one thing, Larry, that um, I hear quite a bit is there's so many free resources, but also some of this gets expensive and that's where we come in. So what we do is we focus on senior lending. So we're able to unlock people's equity in their home to be able to effectively, efficiently, and um, I like to say in a manner that's good for their estate as well, help them use home equity if they don't have other resources to help pay for care that they need. 
So we're always very we're important. always willing to be a resource to people. It's very important. I had long term care insurance. Yeah. Uh, but uh, had I not had that, I would have been calling you or somebody like you. Yes, I knew sir. I would have to use the what I you know the value of my home to take, to do what I needed to do. Yep, it's uh long term care is fantastic. The challenge is is most people when they can qualify for it, they either don't want to or it's so expensive that they they'll figure it out later. And then that's where we come in. We're kind of the figure it out later because uh, everyone in Middle Tennessee has experienced quite a large growth in their equity in their home, so mm-hmm. we can show them how to use that. But I'm glad you planned it. I, Larry, I would never guess that you would have planned ahead and had a great strategy. <laughs> go, go go, figure, right, Cheryl? Yeah, I told you. I told you. Um, I mean, that's well, awesome. I had a good insurance agent. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. You had to take the advice, Larry. A lot of people have good agents. They have websites they can look stuff up, but they don't They don't put it, uh, put it in motion and they don't implement it. And that's what you did uh, for Marianne. So at the same time, we got all our documents in order. Yeah, you don't want to be waiting to do that till you have a, a capacity issue. Yep, you're exactly right. Well, thanks again, Cheryl. Thanks again for putting this together. And Larry, thanks for being you and taking such great care of Marianne. We appreciate thanks, it. Guys. Yep. And thank you for watching. This was the Serving Senior Podcast. This is the podcast where we highlight those people and individuals that help seniors thrive in their retirement. Thanks again. You have a great day. Hey, this is Matt Helton with One Trust Home Loans, home of Retirement Mortgage Solutions. And we really do appreciate you checking out the Serving Seniors podcast today. Now, please go to the description down in the body uh, of the podcast where you can subscribe to get future shows. Please click that notification button so you get notified when other shows drop. And also, if you can go to servingseniorspodcast.com, and we'd love to hear a comment about our show. We have a heart to serve seniors and we have a heart to make sure seniors don't just survive retirement, don't just get by in retirement. We want to show seniors how to thrive in retirement. So if you know of anyone that's 55 and older that could use some extra cash flow, maybe the retirement's not going the way that they like, Our retirement mortgage solutions are designed for folks, depending on the state, they're either 55 or 62 and older to make sure that they have that kind of retirement that they want. As long as they own a home and they're in a good equity position, there could be some solutions that they may not have thought about or maybe they've thought of and they just didn't know how they work. That's what we do. So anyone in that age group that could use some mortgage advice, my team and I would love to be able to help them. Thanks again and look forward to seeing you on the next show. Have a great day.